This podcast is a discussion of Christian devotionals and self-help books and is intended for entertainment purposes only. The ideas discussed on this podcast are adult-themed and come with a blanket trigger warning. The intent of this podcast is not to attack any person who uses or gifts the materials under discussion, nor is it intended as a critique of the author. Rather, it is the ideas and messages we feel are being expressed in the materials that are being reviewed and examined. With expletives. Welcome back, everybody, to Goddamn Devotionals, the podcast where we break down the harmful ideas and messages found in Christian devotionals and self-help books. Rightly separating the bull from the shit just for you. I'm JR. And this is JP. And in this episode, we are continuing our review of The Way Home by Mary Pride. Yay. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) The source of all our problems. Yeah. Again, blanket trigger warning for this book. If you hear something you don't like, just stop listening and go take care of yourselves. We are going to continue with chapter seven today, titled, Who Owns Our Kids? And this is definitely the first question that Mary needs to get straight as this book moves into emphasis on more control and ownership. I was going to say, I want to say it's the parents, but I feel like it's not going to be the parents. (laughs) (laughs) So, who wouldn't be happy about the birth of a child? Mary calls anyone unhappy about the birth of a child a, quote, coercive utopian who asserts that they know what's best for your kids. Quote, they want total control over everyone and everybody, including our children. The big problem here, according to Mary, is that society has control over kids. Enter the evils of experts, licenses, institutions, big governments. Mm Mm-hmm etc. Government use the excuse that some people abuse their kids in order to make abuse illegal, take kids away from the abuse, and even define what abuse is. Is Mary arguing that abuse shouldn't be illegal? I mean, you all should be fainting at the fact that this much government overreach is oh. being exposed. And the government is coming into your home and telling you how many times you cannot hit your children. How dare they? (laughs) Going back to the basics of the Bible, Mm -hmm. the Bible does not give anyone authority to remove a kid from their parents, including, of course, those wishing to protect the kids. Yeah, because kids aren't vulnerable and in need of protection sometimes from an adult or relative or someone in the neighborhood. No, never, never. Right, regardless. <laughs> because the Bible doesn't explicitly say, oh, uh, and by the way, if your kid's being abused, somebody else can take it away from you. Because the Bible doesn't explicitly say that, mm-hmm. it's not in the Bible. So, and, and the I'll, government can't do that. I always love that argument because it's like, but it's also not explicitly, like, if it's it's not in there, so it doesn't explicitly say the government can't. <laughs> exactly. It, it works two ways. You, you you just have to be, you know, where do you stand on the side of children being abused? <laughs> now, what the Bible does do explicitly mm-hmm. is demand an eye for an eye and a tooth for the tooth. That, according to Maria, is the humane way of controlling parental license while keeping the child within the family. So whatever you do to the child... As that's figured out as abuse, the government should be able to do to you? She's never clear on who gets to gouge eyes and pull teeth. Uh, okay, I got you now. Possibly the pastor? 
We don't know. We don't know who's keeping the parents in line here. Come on, Mary, get it together here. It's just... <laughs> Be more specific. <laughs> Mary warns us what's going to happen when a child's rights are put first. You ready for this? Parents won't even be able to spank their kids, and said kids might even be able to report their parents for abusing them. How many times have I heard this story from <laughs> this conservative is... talk radio here in the 2020s going, oh my gosh, so-and-so did something to their kid in Walmart, and next thing you know, Child Protective Services was knocking on their door, and I'm like, uh-huh. And? What? what? What aren't you understanding? <laughs> I mean, Mary's biggest fear is that the government might not even let you raise your kids as Christians. <gasps> That's what she's afraid of. Is that irregardless of what you do to your child, no, as long as they're saved. That's what she puts in her book to fearmonger the average Christian. Mm. What Mary seems to be driving at in this passage is she wants to be able to control her kids. She wants to be able to do whatever the hell she wants with and to them. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want anybody stepping in to tell her no. Sometimes you need extra steps for indoctrination. Sorry. (laughs) Exactly. But because she's writing to a group of fearful Christian parents, she needs to slap some sort of religious fear on there Mm -hmm. in order to provide a nice umbrella covering for what she's proposing which is indoctrination like going here i i may have to do drastic measures or you may have to do drastic measures that would be societally unacceptable in normal circumstances but the ends justify the means in that i am doing whatever i have to to save my child's eternal soul. She's and that eternal soul is all the way down the slippery slope argument. Right. First it starts with government telling you you can't abuse your kids. Then mm-hmm. it you can't even spank your kids. Then your kids suddenly have the right to report you for abusing them. Then she skips all of the middle part and goes mm-hmm. right to your kid, you might not be able to indoctrinate your children. Yeah, this is the, the, you know, you're a good person, you're a good parent, and a few bad apples argument. A few mm-hmm. bad apples are going to ruin it for the rest of us. So you may be doing a good job raising your children, but if you make one little mistake because of these bad actors over here and what they've been doing, the government is going to have complete and utter control to step in and take away everything from you. That type of fear-mongering is very commonplace today. And Mm -hmm. there are times where absolutely there's over, I don't want to call it overreach, but there is, the system is not perfect. You're going to have people who slip through the cracks who are doing awful things with children, and you're also going to have people who go, I haven't done anything, why are you taking my children away? That the system can be used... Um, in a nefarious way, unfortunately. But what Mary's describing is that this is the goal and intent of the government is to take away, like that they're purposely going out of their way to try and this take your children the, away. Yeah, this is the purpose That's of government. That's not the case. Yeah. <laughs> Raising kids is expensive, and the government knows about it. That's why they're constantly trying to trim uh, back and cut back all kinds of funding for social programs that generally help kids who are in vulnerable positions. So Mary next turns her attention 
to the evils of public schooling. Public schooling, according to Mary, isn't mandatory because there's a need for children to be schooled, but rather because an elite, nebulous elite, Mm -hmm. wanted government to control children's moral and spiritual beliefs. Again, as you said before, the goal of the elite to control government, yay coding, (laughs) is specifically, or they specifically created public schools in order to control Mm -hmm. your children. Well, and it's counter to other arguments where you would go, take a good look at, for her saying education is not a necessity, it's not something that children actually need, we're going back to her, give kids a, you know, a roof over their heads, clothes to wear, and and a PB&J, yeah, and that's all that you're obligated as a parent to do, and going, here we are, and looking at our children and going, we also want them to have the best possible lives we can can give them, not, not Mary saying this, just that sort of where society has moved to, thankfully. And that includes, a bright future includes a good education. And if you take a good look at our educational system right now, and it's, there's a lot of people out there trying really, really hard. It is rough to be in, in education in this country right now, but there's a lot of countries in the world where education is either non-existent or terribly, terribly underfunded beyond what we experience here. And you could almost correlate the more ignorant your people tend to be on an educational level as a whole society, the more stagnant the, the economy grows, that agriculture moves forward, that, that the overall stability of the country can be at risk. It, we actually have some pretty good systems in place in this country. Forget all that. I know. That's not <laughs> what education is about. Education is about controlling, and Mary has to also slap on the, of course, again, religious spiritual beliefs, because that's the foundation of rights in this country, is if you're part of the majority religion, then as long as you can slot whatever you're doing underneath that umbrella of religious freedom or religious rights, Mm -hmm. then you can have a much better basis for your cause or for your argument, especially here. The government's going to step in and control your children. Mm-hmm. We're not just objecting to the control of our children. We're objecting to the control of our children's belief system. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure. There are con- some concern, genuine concerns of parents that, hey, the school's trying to indoctrinate my kids. I understand where they're coming from. I don't believe there's any basis for that belief, except in Christian schools. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the thing. Mary's going to be but, the type that emphasizes... Uh, religious education over secular public school education simply because if, all you really need is your Bible. Yeah. Whether you know how to read it or not is sort of immaterial as long as you have it. Mary also has something to say about Christian schools. They aren't the answer because the only, quote, institution that should have any authority over you and your kids is the family institution. The only controlling party should be the parent when it comes to your kid because mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about essentially is control here who gets to control the child school is not for teaching such silliness like self-respect personal integrity or social responsibility which might be taught subversively at a christian school so you want to avoid <laughs> any of that of course public schools are, are the devil but Christian schools also tend to teach, hey, we're a society, we're, 
we should learn to live as a society. And that's bad too. So what's the solution, according to Mary? It's homeschooling. Okay, I was wondering if you were leading up to that. Yep. (laughs) I'm going, because this was the 80s, and this is the rise of homeschooling. This was the beginning. Homeschooling started growing with the rise of the religious right. They kind of went hand in hand with one another. A lot of the people behind the homeschooling movement were the same as the leaders in the religious right coming up. So you had a lot of, hey, we want to... We want to take our kids away from society. We want to take them away from any other influence other than ours. We Mm -hmm. want to control the information that comes in. We want to control the behavior. We want to control the beliefs. We don't want anybody telling us we can't do this either. So we're going to set up big government. We're going to set up social programs. We're going to set up whatever it is as the enemy of our religious movement they're the big bad wolf exactly yeah which is something kids wouldn't know about if they hadn't picked up a book and and read that nursery rhyme (laughs) yeah so not only not in the bible (laughs) (laughs) so not only does homeschooling break up the monopoly of public schools thus fulfilling the christian mandate to preach and adhere to capitalist free market theories it's also cheaper than Christian schools. Oh, hell no. And most From experience, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's also cheaper than Christian schools, and most importantly, quote, allows parents to control their children's spiritual development. For those of you out there who don't recognize that, that is code for indoctrinate your child. And here, just to give some context on that. So... Imagine you get up every morning, you're going to have school in your own home, and before you start school every day, just like you normally would, uh, at a public school, might have gotten up and done the Pledge of Allegiance to the American flag in school assembly. And a homeschool family might do that with an American flag, and then then they might turn to the Christian flag and, and recite the Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian flag, and then they might turn to the Bible and recite the Pledge of Allegiance Mm -hmm. to the Bible. These were things that were, having recited them myself, hundreds of times. So I find the word choices throughout this chapter interesting. The true goal of the chapter comes through and her constant use of the word control. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, that word has been exchanged and softened a little bit within the Christian community, They tend to use words like guidance and training, but the root idea is the same. The idea here is control. Who gets to control our kids? Because, of course, that should be the main goal of Christian parenting. (laughs) The goal is not to have a relationship with your kids. The goal is not to teach them how to be humans and how to interact in the world. The goal is not to prepare them for life as an adult, hopefully. The goal is not to teach them some tools, techniques for making that life potentially happier, healthier for the child. Religion can be included in that. No. The goal here is to control your children. And there's no time limit on when that control ends. You get to control your kid as long as you want to because it's your kid. Well, you know, my parents 
did that with me and my siblings. As soon as we hit adulthood, it was still understood they're our authority, they're mm-hmm. our control. And as soon as they we started pushing back, oh, that hammer came down hard. Well, yeah, it doesn't, it's not communicated as control, it's communicated as I have some advice for you on this problem you, you, you seem to be confronted with, so I have the solution. And the idea being, oh, well, they're the authority figure, this again influence this advice whether it's solicited or unsolicited is what you should do is that type of of parental thinking what cracks again the words get changed to guidance advice Mm -hmm. counsel and this is still referred to as having a relationship implicit (laughs) implication is you follow my advice Mm -hmm. or there will be hell to pay you do what i advise you you accept my wise counsel, or you will suffer the consequences. Which is, I'm glad you brought that up, because that's that part always cracks me up when you come across this type of thinking, because these are the same parents who go, I have a great relationship with my kids. Oh, my parents thought they had fantastic yeah, relationships not with only, us. Not only all through your childhood, they'd, they'd never say, oh, my job is to be your friend. It's, no, my job is to you know, raise you to be your parent. I'm not saying that there isn't a, a an interesting balance sometimes, but all of a sudden you go from this parent has tough. been, yeah, you go from this balance of you've been raising, protecting, instructing, and in some cases punishing your children. And then all of a sudden they get their own apartment and now we're going to be friends. We're gonna. I'm the be, I'm My mom and my and I are the best. Or my dad and I are the best of friends. Like that is a really hard transition mentally. You the, yeah. The parent seems to want want to think that that transition happens very naturally and no problem, because nothing for them changes. But for Except a kid coming into adulthood, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. But for a kid coming into adulthood, it's very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. To recap, Mary's willing to throw out the entire education system in our country as illegitimate governance in contradiction with the Bible. According to Mary, Deuteronomy makes it clear that the state, which didn't exist in Deuteronomy, (laughs) isn't responsible for educating kids. Parents are. Because education, of course, looked exactly the same back in biblical times in that society as it does now. I mean, apt comparison, Mary. Good job. Did you get this nugget when you were growing up? The um, the Bible is true today as it was then, as it always will yes. be. Yeah. yeah. Like, that everything that was written in this book was written for us now, mm-hmm. you know, several thousand years later. Completely applicable. <laughs> so we get fear-mongered with the message that public schools are designed solely to destroy Christians. Instead... Mary asserts that mothers should stay at home and, by keeping their kids at home, reassert control over what is rightfully theirs. Property. Ownership. Exactly. Yeah. So if parents haven't got the right to control every single little thing about their kids, well, then they've got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Or they've got evil feminist chaos trying to take over the world. Let me take your pick. I love the the like dichotomy of how extremes you can swing from one end of the pendulum to the other. You know, it's we're over here doing our thing, and, and we're we're in this like 
oppressed, defensive position. We're in a battle. Against, yeah. Against this great, big, overpowering, mighty enemy that has all these resources and absolutely no intention of doing anything even remotely positive, beneficial, moral. It's nope. It's nope. We're just going to remove ourselves mm -hmm. from the equation. And in my head, I go. We're the little kid that goes, you can't touch me. In my head, I go, if, if you actually believed what you were saying about the state, the government, the, the programs that we have in this country, why would you, as a person wanting to continue on doing everything she wants to do with no ramifications, oversight, anything, why on earth would you stay in a country that is, in your mind, trying to take your children away from you? Why would you not seek out asylum somewhere else well, and forge a new life for yourself? That's a little extreme and expensive. <laughs> so instead, what we're going to do is, starting in the 70s and 80s, take over the country mm -hmm. so that we can make everybody else do what we want them to because it's all about control. And here we are. We've we've not seen anything no. like that here. <laughs> None of that's not None of that's going on recently. Mm -hmm. So that ends this chapter. If you would like to join us again next time in uh, the continuing fight against the feminists, mm -hmm. please subscribe, leave a review, recruit your friends. If, if you were homeschooled and had to recite some sort of interesting pledge, please feel free to, to share it on. <laughs> yeah, our contact information is in the show notes. Uh, tell us about the uh, how control and ownership are the best things that ever happened to you, too. <laughs> and as always, please take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time. Bye.